Previously on the Fantastic Worlds podcast. Well, as you all noted, Pippa is in a little bit of a bind. Abraxas, you start to pick up on something. <gasps> snossages? <laughs> Not snossages. A giant worm-like creature jumps out of the snow and attacks Pippa. I feel like Odessa has more respect for your clothing now. And that's why you add lace. The feathered fetishes are actually the frozen corpses of dead crows, pierced with tiny arrows. Do we looking at Christmas, like at the Adams family, or are we looking at fucking some serial killer basement has a tree? You blast it, and it just... Explode. A vivid cone of clashing colors springs forth from the hand. Just in time for pride. You see this majestic and graceful, powerful animal. Well, hello there, friends. How are you? Actually, as you guys are sta- standing there, the snowman turns its head up and says, Can't you read? The sign says, Turn back. Now get lost. Hello, listeners. This is Kay here. I just want to take a moment to, again, thank you guys for listening in. This week's episode is going to be kind of a little bit different. It's sort of like a rare glimpse into Odessa's past. Uh, Dustin did a really good job putting it together. We collaborated on it for a really long time. It's actually, it was kind of emotional for me because it was Dustin and I had worked on this really hard. We had spent probably... I I don't know, maybe like two weeks just talking about this one part of her past. And we wanted to get it so perfect to the point where I think at one point we overthought it and then said, wait, wait, wait. No, we just like need to take it kind of down to like the core of what it was and keep it there. And I'm so glad that we did because I personally think it's perfect. Um, And then with Dustin taking it and running with it, it just ended up being really beautiful. So I really hope you guys like it. One of the reasons that I decided that I kind of wanted to give this aspect of Odessa's past was I wanted to give her something to grow from. There was a lot in her that I gave her a lot of things. Like, I gave her this really cool gun. I gave her all of these really interesting parts of herself, but I wanted her to also have, like, a reason to have them. And a part of her where she had to kind of start over and grow from this event in her life because otherwise she was going to kind of be like a spoiled brat. And I don't want to play a spoiled brat. Nobody wants to play a spoiled brat. That's annoying. So I think coming from where she came from, this specific incident in her life, she became this character that I really wanted to play. And she was, she's honestly just continued to be, a character that I really want to play. So hoping that she stays alive so that I can keep her and Jim going. I hope you guys enjoy this episode entitled Frosty the Snow Bitch. We are on episode three and everyone is still alive. Congratulations! Yay! Not for lack of trying to get myself killed with falling logs and whatnot, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying really hard to keep everybody alive. So today we're going to talk about alignments. I do not think a year has passed by in which there hasn't been at least one multi-houred argument about alignments and what they mean. Guilty. Yeah, it's probably one of the most divisive topics out there. One of the things we are trying to do in order to alleviate that is called alignment statements. Each character has their general alignment, chaotic good, lawful evil. Well, nobody's lawful evil here, but well, at least not in the game. Um, (laughs) It's definitely Angel because he works at the DMV. (laughs) (laughs) Who works there? I know. So one of the things we tried to do to relieve that is alignment statements. So just because I see lawful good a certain way does not mean that Abigail sees lawful good in a certain way, or 
Angel sees lawful good in a certain way. And so we wanted to define that further. And each character has an alignment statement. Angel, we'll start with you. Why don't you tell me about your character's alignment and your alignment statement and a little bit why you state it that way. All right. Well, uh, Braxis is chaotic, neutral. And there was a couple of different quotes I was working on, but I was looking through, I was web surfing, and this one comes from Pazio. I guess they're called the wild. It goes, when nature calls, I reply. When nature speaks, I listen. And when nature angers, I destroy. Druids are supposed to be, you know, neutral, not swinging one way or the other. But I really wanted Abraxas is really duty-bound or duty-oriented. And his primary duty is to nature. So when nature calls, I reply. So that's his dedication to whether it's, you know, bringing down a dam, uh, protecting a family of deer, what have you, that that's his primary purpose uh, for him. That's what he holds dear. That's the direction. That's his compass is the call of nature, the call of the wild. And when nature speaks, he listens. So it's something that he has to be aware of because, of course, he's still an individual. He's not a you know, nature robot. Um, <laughs> but he really has to kind of just listen. And then when nature angers, he destroys. So it's not like this concept where people are like, well, if you're good aligned, you won't do this. If you're evil aligned, you'll do this. But it's really, he'll heal when, you know, it calls for healing. He can show mercy, but he won't hesitate to kind of unleash the forces, the wild, right? The fury of the storm, you know, water wearing away rock. He, he won't hesitate to do that. So I like that as my alignment quote because it really speaks to what Abraxas is kind of all about without worrying about, well, he's always kind to woodland animals. Well, unless it's time to eat because that's the natural order of things. <laughs> I was literally just going to be like, so follow-up statement about the white stag thing because you I, literally were going to fucking eat him. I offered to escort it back to its natural habitat, but it didn't want to go. And plus, I was already suspicious because it was talking, so... <laughs> but nature speaks, you listen. Hang on. <laughs> I knew that was a natural. Did we not take the stag meat? Oh no, did we not? I'm pretty sure we did. I hope so, because he would have been like, oh. It was the pixie we decided was would be wrong. <laughs> oh, that's right. Eat. He made a note Oh no, of that. he brought the pixie on a skewer. He has saved that for later. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Angel. So a good example is like the the dam. You know, it, your character would not like a dam because it's it's keeping nature from flowing, literally. So you would want to get rid of that dam. And that seems like a good act to you. But to the people that are utilizing that dam, it would be an evil act because you're in keeping them from doing what they need to do to survive, for example. Right. Yeah. Okay, Abigail, why don't you tell me about Pippa's uh, alignment and alignment statement? Okay, so Pippa is chaotic good, uh, which is, I don't know, a, go a good alignment might be a little unusual for a thief, because uh, stealing is bad. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, but the way, the way that Pippa justifies it to herself and kind of the way I justify a good alignment for her is that when she steals, it's usually from people who in her mind deserve it, and she gives a portion of the proceeds. Pippa considers herself as more of a wealth redistributor than a thief. She's a socialist. <laughs> yeah, she's a bit of a socialist. She's going to take from people who have too much that don't deserve it, and then she's going to give it to people who uh, perhaps deserve it more, that the, the nobility isn't actually serving the way they should. So that's, it's kind of a, a more Robin Hood-esque thievery with the difference being she still keeps a good chunk of that for herself because she also likes nice things. <laughs> I mean, it's you overhead. Got it. Operational costs. Oper yes, exactly. Cost operational costs for my wealth distribution pipeline. Cost of doing business. <laughs> exactly. So that's uh, that's kind of what, how I envisioned her as, as being chaotic good instead of a chaotic neutral character. And uh, her alignment statement is, most laws exist to protect and enforce the status of those in power and breaking them in the service of regular people or mine and my companion's comfort, preferably both, is the right thing to do. Nice. So what happens when uh, Pippa becomes the authority or the power structure? That's going to be a very interesting time. She 
does not believe that will ever happen because in her mind, she is always the underdog downtrodden person. <laughs> so even when she's like going to be the super level 20 godlike character, are you she's telling be me, like, are you telling me that's in the, are you telling me that's in the works? Because I'll, I'll find a way to work it in. Maybe we're in for an alignment change. <laughs> <laughs> and that is how Pippa became chaotic evil. <laughs> and that is how Pippa, Hey, there you go. <laughs> and, <Here for> you. <laughs> now yeah, she's going to become less of a welfare distributor and more of a benevolent overlord. Yep. Which I think would also be just fine. Uh huh. Agreed. I can <laughs> At see some that. point, done. Everything's yeah. <laughs> okay as long as it's her way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, not not quite that yet because that would definitely be st- like tripping into evil territory. Yeah. But- mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Thank you, Abigail. Um. Kay, why don't you give me a little bit about your character's alignment and alignment statement? Adessa's kind of strange in that. Despite the fact that she's pretty ready to shoot down anybody who is coming at her or her friends or her companions or someone she finds innocent, she is lawful good. And she's lawful good in the sense that the rules and laws that she's following very strictly are her own and what she perceives to be the only right thing. So even though they might not necessarily be the laws of the land, they're very important to her. They're very deeply ingrained. And so that is her justification for I am doing the right thing. These are things that I have done for many years that have proven to be the right thing. And so there's kind of like an order of operations for her in that she isn't just going to immediately be like, by bang in the face, dead. That isn't really how she processes. So her alignment statement, I really wanted it to be first sex, second step, third step, just so it wasn't she's immediately shooting them in the head because that wouldn't be, it wouldn't make her lawful good. It would make her probably chaotic evil. Her alignment statement is charm them before you harm them. So she's kind of got this mixed history. And so in her mind, if she's like, if I can flirt them into doing what I need, if I can intimidate them into doing what I need, I would rather do that than hurt them. And then her second part of her alignment statement is when in doubt, knock them out. And that's basically like, I can't tell. So I'm just gonna either hit you with my fists until you're unconscious, or I'm just gonna conk you in the head really hard with the butt of my gun. And then tie you up and probably go from there. Because if you're hurting people, I need to figure out why. But then her last one is ally blood spilled will get them killed. And that means like, if they're actively hurting people she cares about, it doesn't matter anymore. It's all that person's basically forfeited their life. Because they've been violent to people that she thinks is, in her brain, more important than whoever that person is. So that's how she can kind of rationalize, like, this person is important. They have proven to me that they are good. This person is hurting the person that has been proven to me as being good. That is the bad person. And I will exterminate them. And that's kind of how she functions as a person. Also, she's just really blunt and kind of brutal just in general. So it no, works really well. not at all. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's crazy. Well, as the dungeon master, I can tell you that my natural alignment is evil. Uh, and my alignment is statement is I plan to kill you all at some point. Starting with Jim. That's beautiful. What a great thought. That is literally the worst alignment statement ever. <laughs> Cliche. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, I had a... Oh, actually, that felt better. I had to actually clear my throat, so that, was, that worked well. <laughs> <laughs> Just Perfect. keep keep the sarcasm keep the sarcasm coming, Angel. <laughs> but all you guys know that this is a facade, and I secretly actually love all your characters. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, I will. True, true. I but I have no. I will not feel bad if I kill your character. That would you know. It just means that somebody new will come along. The last time you guys saw something shiny and new, it resulted in Pippa almost getting squished. I would say that you guys have gained enough experience. Har, har, har. Har, har, har. That's the worst joke. You're not even a dad. That was a dad joke. Get out of here. He's our game dad. <laughs> game dad. Game dad. New, new name. You're a GD. You're not. I'm the GD. He's the <laughs> not GD. 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 Game dad. Game dad. <laughs> So when you have approached the snowman that is out in the field, I would say you guys are all much more cautious, wouldn't you say? 
Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah. by approach, you mean, hey, with the, the minute we see it. <laughs> yeah. Can I believe go I, around. <laughs> if I didn't say it out loud in my head, I said, mm, no. <laughs> but why would you do that? I mean, no. after all, it's this classic, you know, adorable snowman holding a harmless sign saying, trespassers turn back. And, you know, and it's only trying to help you out. It learned how to talk so it could say in the kindest possible way, can't you read? Turn back. Um, yeah, it's that's summer sassy bitch. in this area. No. So for somebody to build a snowman, it, it, nobody from Heldrin built that thing. So if you, the person's not from Heldrin, they're an enemy. That's what I say. <laughs> Is the snowman sitting on top of a treasure chest of some kind? Because oh, Hippa doesn't fucked. care otherwise. <laughs> I was going to say, like, oh, damn it. <laughs> there is no treasure chest this time. Um, so as you can, guys can see on the battle map, uh, I have placed a symbolic character on the field as I mean, you guys. Honestly, give her some pink hair and it looks like Odessa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <real>. yeah. <laughs> How do you guys wish to handle this situation then? I don't want to get close to that thing. Yeah. I, anybody have some antifreeze? Like, can we just like throw it on this bitch and get out of here? Like... Let's just uh, give it a wide berth and just go around it. This creek, looking at the map, goes all the way down, so there is no way in avoiding going over this creek. See, we got plenty of places to cross. Maybe if we go upstream a little bit, we can cross at a different spot. That sounds good to me. Do Let's we do, do we want to try to avoid this guy? Yes. Show me the route you want to go on the map. She doesn't give a shit. She's going to go talk to him. I'm playing oh, like I'm me. Right. I'm not playing like oh, I'm her. Huff, and she doesn't give huff. a fuck. She's going to do it. Let's be real. Odessa, that seems like a bad idea. That seems... He's a snow... I could eat... Guys, I could eat his nose. I could eat it. I could eat it. Okay? Like, what? Don't eat snow. That's yeah. bad. No, it's a don't, carrot. Don't his nose snow. is a carrot. Uh, don't eat yellow snow? Oh, wait. Is, it, is the nose a carrot? The nose, nose is, is a carrot. The nose is a carrot. I verified uh, this last game because oh, I was like, right. are you kidding me? Is this Frosty the snow bitch? Like, I'm not doing this. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> you know, some fairy's gonna fly to that thing's ass and attack us. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's, all right. It'll be all fine. right. You go right ahead. And uh, Abraxas, uh, I think you and I should find some bushes, my friend. Yeah, please don't <laughs> let Abraxas be a part of this. I, Dude, I love you. You're a good guy, but I've just seen you talk to people. I don't I've think seen you talk to them, and I just, I don't <laughs> think you're gonna fare any better. With a mythical talking snowman. I, I just, don't know if Miss Manners covers conversations I, with yeah, snowmen. I, I, I don't think they do. i that before. I've never had to talk to a snowman. All right. Yeah, Brax is going to jump into the into the woods with his uh, sling ready. Okay, Kate, show me on the map how you wish to proceed. All right, she's going to walk up. Roll me a will safe. Of course. I knew it. Well, joke's on you. I rolled a 15. I don't, maybe joke's on me. That might be joke's on me. As you approach the snowman, Odessa, nothing happens. It just sits there. I just rolled a will save, but nothing happens. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so she's going to walk up to this non-binary snow person and just be like, hi. So I see you have a sign there that says no trespassers, but gotta go that way. Is there, is there another path or, and I'm sorry, do you have a name? I'm just trying to get my footing here with how to talk to a snow person. A bird lands on the top of the snowman and looks at you like, why are you talking to the snowman? Pippa's making it aside to a Braxis in the bushes like, oh my God, she's asking the snow person for directions. <laughs> Did she ask the correct way? Abraxas <laughs> is like kind of like, like, well, maybe this is an opportunity to learn. Calistria, help me. <laughs> does any one of you guys have knowledge arcana? Pippa does. That was a 14. You realize that it's probably just a spell like... Oh, is that like the old D&D, uh, what did they call it? Like magic mouth? There it is. That's oh a spell name, magic mouth. The snowman does not respond to you, Odessa. Okay, so she's gonna walk all the way up to the snowman and poke it. Nothing. And then she's just going to steal the carrot nose. We still good? Yep. All right. And she's going to fucking eat the carrot because that's where <laughs> she's at with her day. Oh, my God. <laughs> just like crack. Mm-hmm. And just like chewing like, oh, no, no. guys, I think we're fine. Yeah, don't. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> she's she's there now. <laughs> it gives Jim the carrot. Jim's like holding it and just like trying to shove it into his fluff. But like there's no mouth there. 
Oh, Braxis, there's nothing wrong about eating while you're on the road. Pippa heaves a huge sigh and exits the bush. Takes just the because... from Jim. Do you want some? It's got a lot of good vitamins. Vitamins for Pippa. <laughs> I'll pass, thanks. Your loss and just continues to eat the carrot. So, Odessa, you are starting to walk to head towards crossing the frozen over Crete. Pippa and Abraxas, what are you doing? I. Abraxas is going to want to take the lead since he's used to wintry terrain. Odessa, let me go ahead and uh, go first, just in case. I wouldn't want you to take an icy bath. Let me tell you how I hate the cold. So yeah, see, let me go first. Let's. I appreciate I wanna, you. I, wanna, I a want lot. you to stay warm. I want you to Thank stay warm. Thank you. So, Abraxas is going first. Odessa, are you going second? Sure. Pippa's small and weighs nothing. So, actually, she has watched some National Geographic. <laughs> Galarian edition. <laughs> the Galarian National Geographic went to like a lecture hall where one guy was talking about how he fell through the ice and it was the worst experience and how everybody he knew died. And so she's gonna like do the all fours on the ice to disperse the weight. Because even if she looks like a douche, she's not gonna go through the ice. As you start to cross the icy creek, the snowman's head slowly turns around. It's cold mouth seems (laughs) to get bigger and forms a big toothy grin. Do you think I was not prepared for this? The snowman begins to laugh and you see his head melting down. First the corncob pipe falls, then its coal eyes, and then it reveals a skull underneath with long, white, greasy hair, and you hear a cackle. <laughs> so Odessa's just there on all fours and like <laughs> I ate his nose. <laughs> She's just like Is this cause she ate your nose? Because we're sorry <laughs> laughing. I'm sorry, I can't take you seriously. I just ate your nose. I think the rest of you, while she's laughing, are kind of looking at this rather frightening visage of a face. It's just cackling at you and it's moving. About the same time, the wind and the snow start to increase exponentially as the storm is blowing in at the same time. And then as you look below, the ice is starting to melt. Why don't you all roll me a reflex save? 14. <laughs> 22. <laughs> 12. Abraxas, you get across with no problem. Pippa, you hop. Actually, you kind of hop on Odessa's back to springboard off to the other side. <laughs> However, Odessa, what otherwise should seem like a very simple thing to escape, it's almost like an other force was keeping you from being successful and you feel the equivalent of a negative 20 penalty put on yourself and you fall into the ice and fall into the the water. What the fuck? It's because I ate his nose, guys. Yeah, you should not have done that. He's fucking offended. Fine. You took evil into yourself. Mm, Man. So Dessa is in the water. She just took 16 points of non-lethal damage. But if she takes enough, does she go unconscious? What are you at, Kaylee? Or Odessa? With 16, I am at... Negative three. Well, non-lethal, you're at zero. Okay. So non-lethal just goes to zero. So she is kind of conscious. Oh, shit, monkeys. Keep in mind, the storm is also increasing. Six inches of snow have fallen in the last five minutes increasing. Like, it is getting bad. So you guys need to act quickly. Is the snowman taking any action? (laughs) The snowman, the head rolls off the body and you don't see anything happen. You realize it was a trap of some sort. Motherfucker. Do we have a rope? Because I ate a carrot. Yes, you guys should have rope. Okay, um, Abraxas, you should stay on the shore, and I'm going to take the rope out to Odessa. Jim, by the way, is holding her arm so she doesn't slip under the ice and get pulled over. Okay. He's Thank barely God, able Jim. to do that. That's, so a good, that's a good Pippa service bear. is going to take the end of the rope that Abraxas hands her and start making her way back out onto the ice towards where Odessa fell in. You tie up Odessa and you're able to pull her onto land. She is unconscious and she is blue. Why don't you roll me a heal check? 14. 18. Okay, you are able to stabilize her. You both pull out your winter blankets and just wrap her up in it. The snow is getting bad. It's You guys are in danger of suffering hyperthermia. Even Abraxas, roll me a survival, Abraxas. 23. Uh, Abraxas, you remember some hunters that you were talking at the Plot and Hook Tavern about a cavern that was actually not far from this location that they use as a setup when they're hunting deer, and you probably can get them there with that 23. 
if you want to start heading there. All right, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to tap her with the wand just to give her some. That's, ooh, max, nine points of healing. She is healed, but she is still unconscious as you start pulling her into the cavern. Odessa's eyes open for a minute, like she gains consciousness, and then she slowly just blacks out. You wake up to lightning flashing across the sky, followed by a sound of torrential downpour. You begin to count. One Waldsby. Two Waldsby. Three Waldsby. Four Waldsby. The lightning is at least a mile away. No need to worry, Jim. We see a young Odessa Granade, no more than 16 years old, looking at the small plush teddy bear huddled into the fetal position in a corner under the blankets. It's okay, buddy. Everything will be fine. It's at this moment we hear a loud crash. At first, Odessa looks outside, thinking it's more thunder, but then she realizes that her one good ear is not pointed towards the window, but the door. You see Odessa's face turn from one of comfort for Jim to one of terror. She's at it again, Jim, isn't she? It wasn't the thunder and lightning that was scaring you. It was mom and dad fighting. Odessa slinks out of bed and slowly opens the door, Jim tugging at her pajamas the entire time, trying to stop Odessa's progress. Jim, we don't want mom hurting dad again, do we? We need to make sure he's okay. Odessa peeks over the railing of her home and looks over the lavishly furnished room. You can tell this is not a home of paupers, but in fact a home of someone who has made a name for themselves. I finally did it, you disgusting and foul woman. I finally broke the curse and charm you had on me. For years you have prodded and pushed me around, and I thought it was something wrong with me. But it turns out you have been in control this entire time. Well, that ends today. I am taking Odessa and my work away from here and away from you. Whatever you are. The hell you are. I have invested far too much time and energy for you to just walk away, keeping me from the life I've earned and deserve. Odessa's mom cackles back. The lightning once again illuminates the room. Odessa's mom's face has turned green and transformed into that of a crocodile bearing its sharp teeth. One Waldsby. By the gods, what, what are you? You see Odessa's dad respond to her disfigured face. Two Waldsby. Your worst nightmare, dearest. If you won't listen to reason, then I must take care of things. Three Waldsby. No, no, don't! You hear the snapping of teeth, the lightning strikes, and you see Odessa's dad in the mouth of the crocodile, blood splattering everywhere. The thunder strikes again soon after, and that's a good thing, for it masks Odessa's gasp over her father's gruesome death. One Waldsby. Odessa hears her dad's body fall to the ground. Two Waldsby. Steps begin coming up the stairs. Her mom appears at the top. We see Odessa hiding under a desk. The lightning strikes again and illuminates the room once more. This time we see her mom locking the door to Odessa's room as her face slowly changes back to that of a human. Odessa's mom walks down the stairs, mumbling under her breath at the bottom of the step. She says it a little louder. I, I don't know what came over my daughter, officer. She just lashed out at my husband and killed him. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Odessa's mom straightens up and gets a more serious look. Right, we mustn't laugh in front of the guard. A few minutes later, we hear the door slam as her mom leaves the house. The next few scenes, you see Odessa jump into action. She runs downstairs to her father's workshop. She takes a key off from her around her neck and uses it to open the door to a secret compartment behind some books. She pulls out some papers that almost look like blueprints and puts them into the bag she grabbed from her dad's workbench. She also takes a pouch full of gold and finally withdraws a rifle, just as the lightning strikes again. Odessa stares at its long dark barrel and well-polished wood and slowly puts it into the bag. She grabs as many bullets as she can, goes and grabs the duster off the coat rack. It's the one next to her dad's, the one he had made for her special. She looks at her dad's duster for a minute and hugs it long and hard. I love you, dad, she says as she slowly lets it go. Odessa heads out the door as another lightning bolt strikes the sky. One Waldsby, two Waldsby, three Waldsby, four Waldsby, five Wald. 
The sound of thunder rolls again. The storm is getting farther away from here, and so is Odessa. Okay, so Odessa and Jim kind of have, like, a little code word. So anytime she has that nightmare, he's just kind of always listening when she's sleeping. I mean, he's he's a teddy bear. He's just kind of... he quote-unquote sleeps he doesn't like is ever unconscious or unavailable for her and so she's gonna pull the blankets up a little bit higher kind of cover her face and just kind of quietly mumble their code word which is teddy bear and so he's just because when she was little she hurt she like didn't have a name for him yet and so she would just call him Teddy Bear. And then as she got older, she was like, nah, your name's Jim. Like, I know you well enough to know that your name isn't Teddy Bear. It's Jim. And so he always kind of listens for it. And so he just kind of like will wander up and just kind of sneak his way down under the covers. And she's just going to sit there and like hold him for a minute and calm down and listen. Pippa and, and Abraxas, I imagine like sitting around the fire, we're roasting some pretty damn well-deserved venison. I don't know if Abraxas feels sad that we're cooking it. Oh no, he's, <laughs> he's already, when we first started traveling, wouldn't wait for the meat to be cooked and would just eat it raw. So he's still taking like a couple of pieces ahead of time, but it's now like for the main course, waiting for it to be cooked <laughs> to just kind of get accustomed to Okay, let it cook. Don't eat it raw. <laughs> I, I think next level, Abraxas should take some uh, skill points in cooking, just for fun. Like, oh, flame seasoning. That's great. <laughs> I'm picturing that because he's kind of used to the cold weather. He's keeping an eye on Odessa and then also on her clothes, which I'm sure we'll have close to the fire to keep, to make sure they're going to be dry. It's like they, mm-hmm. they really need to be dry by the time uh, she's ready to wear them again. I think she we've laid the, the laid the clothes out by the fire and Pippa's taken a lot of time like tucking in all the corners of the blankets just so just to make sure that she's like swaddled <laughs> properly while she warms up. She'll be fine with some rest. We uh we should definitely rest. I try to let's not resume our, our trek anytime soon. Uh I've grew, I've grown up in the snow my my entire life, so uh, I think I got a little bit careless of the dangers. I had a couple questions about that. I know you haven't been keen on telling us exactly where you're from or, or what you're doing so far down here, and that's fine. You don't have to say just now. But you seem to know what these things are. Where do they come from? What are they? What are they doing here? I've, I've heard tale of the different creatures, and uh, the stag definitely let us know it's from Erison. I'm not from Erison. Uh, you're not? Uh, no. My family comes from there, or our ancestors, so we have uh, blood ties that goes there. But you know, my family actually doesn't talk much about the uh, old country. Uh, we've we've re- relocated to the lands of the Lenorm kings. Uh, these creatures are coming from there. There's some connection. There's some way that they're coming this far south. That's not good. Erison's a land of perpetual winter. It's, does the name Baba Yaga mean anything to you? Some. My mother actually uh, did some traveling around up north before she uh, met my father. She told me uh, she spent a little time in Erison and told me some stories. She always supposed Baba Yaga was a, a myth to scare children. I thought a lot of that when I was growing up as well. I mean, this is a, a creature that con- over a thousand years ago conquered two kingdoms that stood for centuries and she just remade them into Erison. You know, this is a land held endlessly bitter, supernatural winter. So I figured it was just the witches. Right, but as I started my uh, druidic training, you know, uh, I I was shocked to find out, you know, this wasn't the scary, uh, make sure you eat the whole deer or Baba Yaga will come and get you, or don't travel too far east to the lands of our ancestors, because, you know, Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga is always on the lookout. There's an, uh, a druid uh, known as Ragnar Oaken. Uh, he's a herald of summer's return, and some of his writing goes that in Erison, the precious treasure of warm sunlight is rarer than gold. And I, I tend to agree there's beasts that serve these conquerors and and the winter witches 
you know, they may look like us, but, you know, behind their cold, distant eyes, they're far more inhuman than any of the monsters under the command. So, uh, yeah, I'm <clears throat> part of me is not looking forward to coming face to face to these childhood tales and, but, uh, that land again is, is, is enchanted. There's no way it can stand by while that winter spreads to the summer lands. I think that's what's happening is that they're bringing eternal winter south with them. Yeah, Harrison's been locked in perpetual winter for over a thousand years, but it's been contained to just that country. So, um, this is, this is summertime for Taldor, and it's, I mean, I've, it took me the better part of a year to come this far south, and this was on, uh, uh, orders from, uh, some of my orders, so I, I didn't know what the nature of it was, but I'm beginning to suspect it has to do with this, this winter. Well, I appreciate you, Sharon, but based on your knowledge of these creatures and the kinds of things that happen up in Erisin, how likely is it, do you think, that Lady Argentea is even still alive? I don't know if because of her station that there might be some plans for her, but I, I, if we find her frozen body somewhere, it wouldn't surprise me. But we haven't run into it yet, so why didn't we see her body at the carriage? I don't think I've picked up any scent of her as far as blood. Just the normal tracks that we've been following, so is there anything you can shed the light? I know you have some knowledge of that world. From what I've heard of uh, Argentea's family, they've got a lot of money. It's one of the reasons I wanted to be here my own self while she was visiting. They got a lot of money, and they got a lot of influence. And that would be the only reason I can think of to hold the lady hostage. I don't think she has any particular powers or knowledge that I've heard of. And if they just wanted her money, they, they could have just killed her like they killed all her guards. So I think they got to be after something else. Those white witches are pretty, are pretty devious, so that it could be that we'll find her alive then. I don't know, taking political prisoners in Taldor. Well, I don't even know how they managed to open a rift to winter so far south. I mean, it would take me a good year just to go back home. I don't know what magics they're employing, but they can't be good for this area and nature. They can't be good for the people in this area as well. Not at all. So you guys probably hear Odessa finally start to like rustle around in the back so uncomfortable. And so she's rolling over. I'm pretty sure they're just here to make this my own worst nightmare. I'm so cold. <laughs> I hate winter and I'm never eating carrots again. I'm glad to see you're awake. <laughs> I'm serious. I swear to God, if you guys ever try to feed me carrots again, I, I will leave. I will never see you. <laughs> Um, I'm not one to ever push vegetables on people. Thank God for you. We'll give it a couple weeks. You guys start chatting around the campfire and it starts to get darker and darker. Slowly, one by one, you guys finally kind of tuck in for the night and we arrive to the next morning. You find that the storm has finally gone. What has been replaced, though, is heavy, heavy snow. And in fact, you move at half speed now. You do not move at full speed. So you get ready to head out and start looking for Lady Argentea. Part of the problem, though, is the tracks are gone. Any tracks of the soldiers have completely been covered by the heavy snow. You know, you guys have the map, and I'll pull that up for you to look at. You're looking at it, and really the only place is the place that Ionia marked on the map for you. The H is the High Sentinel Lodge. Uh, you might remember this from the Plot and Hook Tavern, but you had talked to some of the people there, and they were complaining about how the Sentinels weren't doing their job because the bandits are running reckless it's up to you guys where you want to go from there so i think that that lodge is kind of our only lead we could wander the forest some more i don't think we'll find anything else except cursed snowmen and mean blue people oh man mean blue people are the worst <laughs> so as you gear up odessa your gear is finally dry and oh, you're able God. to put it on without feeling the cold and the dampness in fact it's a little warm from the campfire still before we walk out abraxas approaches odessa's like this weather's no good for you you'll you'll need this he holds out his hand and he he says some words and some language you don't understand 
and you become enveloped. Basically, the feelings of cold goes away. I just cast Endure Elements on you. It lasts 24 hours. A creature protected by Endure Elements suffers no harm from being in a hot or cold environment. You could exist comfortably in conditions between negative 50 and 140 degrees Fahrenheit Ooh. without having to make any port saves. Your equipment is also protected. Yeah, baby. Abraxis and Pippa roll me a fortitude save. 20. 25. You are perfectly fine. You begin to climb the ridge line to head towards the High Sentinel Lodge. As you climb the ridge line, you look at all the beautiful snow-laden trees. And every once in a while, you hear this little plop as the snow falls off the trees and onto the ground. Plop. And you guys keep walking and walking. Why don't you all roll me a perception? And you'll notice that Abraxas is like grinning ear to ear. Like he'll forget himself and be like, oh my gosh, this thing's so fucking beautiful here. <laughs> that was a 10 on perception for Pippa. I have a 19. I'm not a woodsman, okay? 23. You come upon three bandits among the trees quarreling amongst themselves. Abraxas being downwind, you smell the stench of the body odor and that of moonshine. You get the impression that they may not be in the the best of the bunch because they're not prepared for a fight at all. Instead, they're pushing each other around, being loud and not paying attention. You hear them talking. The first bandit goes, I, you blokes, I cared the most, so I get the most loots. The other one picks up. Oh, shoot, son. You didn't kill squat. I did the most killings. I get the most of Lady Argente's loots. The most, the most killings. killings. And the most loots. Oh, you just, you look, I see her and she's just like, mm. <laughs> like her eyes are wide. Her lips are Hold pursed. She's together. just like, I'm going to teach them grammar. It's going to be, f- I no, nope. You know what? I heard they stole. So. I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> you hear the third bandit chime in. One of you's dead men's melted my snowman and I want my revenge. While you all stop talking about your snowman, you whiny twat, those nasty fays probably did it. And you hear the second bandit again go, I wish Roker wouldn't have made Dale's deal with those natty fay folks. And finally you hear the third bandit, as long as they give me the, the loots that I was promised, I don't care. And he starts crying. He's very upset about his snowman. How high are they? Uh, <laughs> they continue to quarrel like that, completely oblivious to you all. Pippa's going to sneak off over into the uh, tree line closest to them, kind of like on their right. Okay. Roll me a stealth. Uh, that's a 25. Nice. Okay. Yeah, they don't hear you at all. They're busy crying about their snowman. It's understandable. Well, Bandit 3 is crying about his snowman. The other two don't give a shit about his snowman. Abraxas, would you like to do anything? Yes, I'm also going to follow Pippa's lead with a little stealthy stealthiness. And Pippa kind of like whispers back at Odessa like, maybe you should try and talk to him. Bitch, Bitch, I'll come for you. I'm going to pull out my falchion and I got a 19 for my stealth. And you completely lucked out there. You saw one kind of turn their head slightly, but they turned their head back. They thought it might have been the wind or something. She walks out, waits till they see her, pulls her gun off over her shoulder. Jim is on her other shoulder cocks the gun, points at them, and says, I'm sorry, which one of you made that snowman? And she's oh fucking God, that, mad. That fucking <laughs> Roll for initiative. Odessa, what did you get? 11. Abraxas? 7. Pippa? 7. And Pippa, you have a higher dex bonus, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a plus 3. Oh yeah, you beat me by 1. Okay. You one-up me. Odessa, you were up first. Okay. So she is going to intimidate okay. them. 24. Nice. You intimidate. Which one are you trying to intimidate? Who? Which was bandit number three? With- this one is bandit number three. Okay, so she intimidates that one. He is shaken for two rounds, and that means he takes a negative to his attack. Nice. Motherfucker should have never built a snowman. <laughs> okay. Pippa, you are up. She's going to take out her handy-dandy blowgun. Okay. She's going to aim for that one. So she's going to attack bandit number one. Bandit number one going down. And she's got uh, blue winnis poison on her blowgun. So if it hits, that goes into effect. Unless you can make a fortitude save. Okay. Well, roll attack first. That'll be a 12. 12? Yeah. 
It just goes flying right over her shoulder. Fuck, I can't hit with my stupid blowgun. <laughs> Have you hit anybody with No, it? never, and I keep trying. It <laughs> Abraxas, you are up. I'm going to pop out of the bushes, snarling, <laughs> and swing my falchion down on this fool. Ooh, 19. Is that critical threat for a falchion? 21. Oh, I have a falchion. You're right. I think it scimitar, is. Scimitar. I have a scimitar. That is 18 to 20. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, so roll to confirm. Ooh, yeah. Scimitar. I'm going to coin it a falchion. Oh, no, that's not a confirm. So go ahead and roll me damage. All right. That is five, six, seven, eight. Eight points of damage. Right, it is snowman building face. And you kill uh, Mr. I want to build a snowman. Aww. Oh, sorry. Wow. And I love my snowman. He dies. I, I Odessa feels better. This was an like, <laughs> ideal outcome. <laughs> That should be like a morale booster. She gets a plus one to her tax. No. <laughs> it is bandit number one's turn. And he turns. He's very confused for a second. He goes, the Talon Authority has found us. We're not a notify Roker. He backs out 15 feet. Well, and he puts himself in total defense. And then he sees Abraxas. And then he, uh, he attacks you with a crossbow. Oh, critical threat. But not a, not a hit. So he does hit you, though. And he does... Five points of damage. Odessa, you are up. All right, so she's really mad now because she was already mad, but then they hit Abraxas, who just killed the snowman-building motherfucker. Okay, okay, he did a good thing, and now you're doing a bad thing. So she's going to take a deep breath, and she's going to direct her gun at him because he is still in her range. So she is gonna shoot him in the face. Yes. Okay. And that is a 15 to hit. That's a hit. Roll of damage. Alright. Roll of damage. And she rolls an 8, which is max damage. Fuck. Yes. Nice. He is dead. Ah! Oh, and he falls to the ground as he takes Good. a bullet right to the heart. It is bandit number two. Now he starts to do the same thing. He backs out 15 feet and puts himself on total defense and aims a crossbow at Odessa. Wait, he can do total defense and fire. Total defense is a full round action. You're right. I'm double checking. Okay. I, I, I didn't catch that the first time. This time it connected. So yes, he does that and he is good for the round. And with that, it is now Pippa's turn. I'm going to make this damn thing work. This is happening. The blowgun is going to be <laughs> effective. I desire greatly to poison someone. God damn it can't make fetch happen. No, Stop trying yes, like to, make, fetch trying to happen. make fetch happen. I'm going to make poison happen. <laughs> Blowguns are cool. They're not cool. That was horrible. <laughs> that was a nine. Oh my nine God. with your attack? That's with my ranged attack bonus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so the soldier just sees another blowgun dart fall over. And he's like, who keeps firing these little toys at us? Oh, that means he doesn't see you. That means he's still flat-footed. All right. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his flat-footed AC? <laughs> his flat-footed AC is 11, and so you still miss. That's some bullshit right there. <laughs> but Abraxas, you're up. Maybe we want to question him. I'm going to uh, say Kenthor, and a burst of light flashes in front of their face. Uh, DC 12, fortitude. They need to make it. Okay. They roll the 19. Oh, mother. That spell has not worked successfully. Because I'm an awesome roller. And I'm going to move. Odessa, you're up. Okay, so she sees Abraxas do something. Yeah, it almost comes out like a bark. In the back of her mind, she's like, I don't know, maybe he wants to talk to him. This guy keeps saying something about some dude named Roker. Roker? Yeah, and oh, Roker. I don't know, maybe that's important. And so she's going to yell at him to stop and try and intimidate him into stopping. 21. She rolled a 13. He is intimidated and he is going to take a negative to his AC because, or his attack because of it. He yells out, liberty or death! And he's kind of fearful and keeps kind of backing up. And in fact, that's what he's going to do. He moves back another 15 feet. But this time, he pulls out his short bow and he is going to fire at Abraxas. Oh, because he just took a five foot step. And he completely misses. Oh, It is Pippa's turn. Okay. She's gonna move about 10 feet. 
She's gonna move out of the tree line. <laughs> she's gonna take it out and she's going to load it and aim it at him and yell, hold right there or I will shoot you in the back like the fleeing coward you are. <laughs> and she's gonna- Odessa just snickers. <laughs> go to intimidate him. 18. He is intimidated. More. More intimidated. Yes, he is intimidated for one more round. But he's still not stopping. No. Abraxas, you're up. I'm going to move up again. I'm going to try to cast Flare one more time. DC 12, same thing, Fortitude. I'm going to make okay. this work. Flare is totally fetch. Oh it's my so God. fetch. <laughs> he fails miserably. Oh, he's dazzled for one whole minute. And what does dazzled do? It makes him suck more. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh, uh, it makes them less fetch. A dazzled creature is unable to see well because of the overstimulation of the eyes. Negative one penalty on attack rolls and sight-based perception checks. So he's running in the snow and now he's blind. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> because he's so scared from you guys, it is life or death for him. He is not going to give up. You see him run into the wall, Crocobean, and fall prone on the ground right where he's at. Odessa, you are up. I don't know. Is there a way to like lightly shoot somebody in the leg when I take out his kneecap? Yeah. Can you aim as a gunslinger? Yeah. I, like, I, can, can you do can non-lethal damage? You can, I don't think you can do, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna say you can't do non-lethal with a, with a gun. It's like always lethal. I mean, that, yeah. that's why I was like, I don't know enough about. Can I lightly shoot him? <laughs> you cannot lightly Murder shoot him. Murder light, you, please. <laughs> uh, you can, you can murder him or not murder him. She can't really do much else without just straight up. I mean, I could take the chance, but I kind of want to talk to him. And I don't want to accidentally kill him. Wait, no, actually, she's going to say, I don't want to kill you. I just want to talk to you if you could just be chill. Just kill me. I'm not going to tell you anything. We'll see about that. As I had mentioned earlier, but accidentally did it out of turn, the bandit now blind, it starts moving around and runs into the rock cropping to the right of him and falls on his ass. And he starts trying to crawl away. Pippa, you're up. Just going to advance another 10 feet because she's she's about three feet tall. I don't know how many feet. How many feet of snow we've got on the ground right the now? The snow is about a foot tall. Right, so it's right at her knees. So she's just like slogging through it while trying to keep her crossbow aimed. But I think she's just going to go ahead and take a shot at his knees and hope that, uh, you know, her aim is true and she doesn't actually kill him. Just, you know, hurts him a little bit. I can hit with my crossbow, though. That was a natty 16, so 20 with my attack bonus. Woo woo, roll me damage. I'm just I'm trying to kneecap him and then maybe he can't run very fast. Oh, I just kinda threw my D6 away. It's okay, I've got another one. I got another one. Two points of damage. <laughs> ah, you witch woman! Damns you! Yay, that is murder light. That's what I wanted. <laughs> murder light. Abraxas, it is your turn. I'm the roll with four non-lethal, so I'm taking a negative four to this. Come on, come on, come on, come on. That's a twelve. That's a hit. Oh, Roll damage. So this is... Just just a little. This is five points of non-lethal damage. Perfect. With that and the damage he's already taken, he is knocked out cold. Mother. Fabulous. <laughs> All right, team. Now he says he wants to die. <laughs> well done. But uh, I don't think he wants to die. The you two ladies can apply pressure and make this piggy squeal. Ooh, okay. Pork. All right. That's enough, Abraxas. You, you can... You can breathe now. Where did you learn that phrase? <laughs> Who taught you that? You know, like with the pigs, when you're like you're chasing them and they like they squeal. You never questioned a pig. I'm sorry. Is this something that you think you've made up and no one's ever heard before? <laughs> I thought it was just a standard when you're interrogating a boar. Those things are obstinate creatures. Okay. This is why we bring you along. <laughs> okay. This is fine. You're a normal person. That's something normal people say. There is a bandit tied up on the ground in front of you, unconscious. You know, after a little bit, a little bit of slap to the face, he wakes up. Ow, let me out! Um, manners. Fuck your manners. I don't care about you or your twatty twits. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> what? I know. Those weren't even <laughs> words. Oh, those, I don't think those words mean what you think they mean. Is he, is he talking common? What? What? <laughs> 
It's okay, Brax. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he, don't that worry literally about it. made no sense. I'm like, you're, you're, you're a twatty twat. <laughs> <laughs> you tell him. <laughs> so which Wednesday you got gotten by the snowman? <laughs> yeah. Did Were you the clever fellow that put that uh, put a skeleton in there? Is that you? Ah, uh, no, no. <laughs> I'm not. I, I have none of the magic talks. I just let the the witch that wanted to help do it. Also, the there was a witch involved. He smiles at you guys, and there's like three of his front teeth missing, and and he has a black eye, and he just just looks there, dumb as the day he was born. Odessa's just gonna look at Pippa and be like, "Isn't this just the most attractive human you've ever seen?" Oh, just- I think he's got a certain charm. Pippa's working her her diplomacy magic. What teeth you have left are beautiful. <laughs> That's that's halfway good. That's that's almost right. You guys are idiots. <laughs> Who's this Rokar y'all were talking about? You guys think we're out here because we're the smart ones of the group? No. We're the ones that accidentally say things when we're not supposed to and we're not we're always getting in trouble and we're always fighting. Oh, that sounds He's, hard. Rokar, Rokar sends I... us out here so that way we don't know anything. So you can prod me all you want, but you ain't getting squat. What's your name, my friend? My name's T. To be like, now T, I know that you don't have anything to do with the master plan here. And that's good. That's real good. And I'm prepared to forgive you for trying to kill me and my friends and let you go on home with not one, but two gold pieces. If you answer my next question, okay? What you want? Do you know where Rokar is? Where we can find him? Well, I guess I can let that slip. Uh, he seems like he's acting like he's really sly. Like he convinced you guys to give him gold. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. He's over up the ridge, over in the high sentinel lodge. We killed them sentinels off good. I see. Wow, you've been so incredibly helpful. Thank you, you so much. You have been so helpful, T. Thank you so much. Got my gold now? Yeah, here you go. She hands him a... Uh, a couple silver pieces. Ain't this right color? Yeah, that's the right color. It is not. It is so. I don't. I can't count, but I know the colors of gold. Oh, well that. Oh, that looks that, gold to me. Abraxas looks think, jealous. Like I think know. you got hit in the head one too many times. Remember how you went blind before? Untie me and give me my gold. Pivot's gonna roll a bluff check. Okay. <laughs> He's gonna convince him that it's gold. Oh my God. It's a little tarnished. Convinces him that silver is gold. It's a twenty-seven. This must be those newfangled coins. Oh, <laughs> I, I can see you are so smart. You you know what's going on. I am you gonna end time it now. I suppose so. But if you go back towards camp, I will shoot you, and you won't go home ever. I promise. And you see him like bend his head down to cross his heart. I do a sense motive. 17? What do my animal instincts say? He is lying through his teeth. He's going to run straight to, to Rokar as soon as you let him loose. And I know this for certain. Yeah. Alright, I'm going to shoot him. Okay. Like straight in the noggin. <laughs> Why waste a bullet? You can coup de grom. Oh yeah, let's do that. I'm not even going to make you roll for it because he doesn't have a lot of hit points, so you guys... I'm like, you You want me to gut this... <laughs> Wait, gut, gut this pig? Is that is that is not the right thing? No, go for it. I don't care. Uh, at least we'll get the rope back. <laughs> <laughs> so Abraxas walks up and just kind of slashes the scimitar across his neck and he falls over dead. And this is uh, kind of exactly what Pippa was afraid of when she saw the bandits. That's about what I figure between the rumors that the sentinels weren't doing their job anymore. And oh, uh, right. coming upon these bandits right here. After the tussle with the bandits uh, and the adrenaline begins to leave your body, you guys feel the chilling touch of air start to envelop your bones. Everyone roll me a fortitude save. Oh, not Odessa. Odessa. 25. Pepper rolled a seven. She's not feeling so good. That that's a, All that slogging through the snow when she's so short and it's so, it's so tall is actually really kind of starting to affect her a little bit. So you take six points of non-lethal damage from exposure and hypothermia starts to set in. You start to feel very fatigued, cannot run or charge, and you take a negative two penalty to strength and dexterity. Okay. Everybody roll me a perception check. Uh, that's 17. Diddly squat. 22. Adessa, 
you see a billow of smoke just peeking over the, the, the top of the ridge. By your estimates, it is probably a home, or more than likely, the High Sentinel Lodge. Hey guys, so I see smoke over there. If I was going to take an educated guess, I would say that's probably where we need to be headed. Alright. After climbing for a bit, because it gets pretty steep to get over this little ridge here, Pippa's kind of fallen a little bit behind, kind of dragging a little bit, and it's at least 100 feet to the top. When you finally get to the top and the hillside levels off, in the clearing of the trees, a large wooden lodge overlooks a ravine spanned by a long rope bridge. Smoke rises from the lodge's two snow-covered chimneys, and a large wood pile is stacked against the, the outer wall. A small outbuilding stands east to the lodge, and a stone well, nearly blanketed by snow, is barely recognizable. This is a very active site as you see snow tracks everywhere. Several of the tracks lead southwest towards a detached stable. You get the impression that this place is well traversed, at least during the day. You are all second level, and we'll see you next week. Woo! Yeah, Woo, second level. Second level. Oh man, I'm gonna have to do some recon on that place. What if we bury him in the snow all the way up to his neck? Oh, I do I do like that. That is amusing. But we also don't want him to die of hypothermia before we oh, can get a chance to talk what to him. What if, okay, bear with me. What if we make him into a snowman? <laughs> <laughs> I love that too. Let's, let's do that after we talk that. to him. <laughs> but whatever we do, I think we should get back into the cover of the tree line. <laughs>